please enter room 2008. live on a Friday night and what better on a Friday night to talk about than America's first serial killer no I'm not talking about Peter I'm talking about H.H. Holmes <laughs> we have a special guest in here tonight uh, that will be introduced in a second but I am Drew Nell aka Hunter Hearst Holmes Triple H you see Peter over there in gang girl's basement Mr. H. Pock and none other than Lance yo Holmes himself welcome I got my sex on the beach tonight I don't know what's gotten into me it's getting crazy here at the house <laughs> must be the sex <laughs> i live on a beach so it makes sense lance do you want to go ahead and introduce our guest for the night hmm. yeah thank you since i was mid drink on that all right so <laughs> yeah we'll jump right into it so ladies and gentlemen get ready to dive into the twisted world of darkness and mystery today we have a guest on our podcast who is no ordinary enthusiast of the bizarre <laughs> she's a connoisseur of conspiracies and mistress of the mac- macabre i'm sorry and the queen of the unsettling. <laughs> While most people spend their evenings binge-watching The Real Housewives, she prefers to cozy up with documentaries that explore the darkest areas of the human mind. It's no wonder she chose, well, she's not actually wearing black tonight. Why aren't you wearing black? I thought you, you always wear black. I kind of dove into that one. No I wonder your hair is black. I considered it. So fasten your seatbelts and get ready for an electrifying conversation that's uh part true crime part conspiracy theory and all wrapped up in a cloak of dark humor but fair warning you may never see the world the same again after this unforgettable encounter so without further ado i'd like to introduce our good friend and expert in all things eerie and conspiracy you know her as the m lineger Yes. We know her as the crazy bitch that always has our back <laughs> in the comment section when things get nasty. Yeah. <laughs> the one, the only, Miss Homicidal. Hey, it's me. <laughs> Hi. What and a great introduction. Thank you. Thank I'm you. flattered. <laughs> well, since we were talking about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, chat GBT. Yeah. So I always start the basis. And uh, and I and I craft it with a little flavor and a little on it, but uh, no, we pr- we appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us tonight. It's been long overdue. Uh, you've I can't even go into how many times you've corrected us and helped us out on the, <laughs> the comment section, and and have helped us out with uh, some people that come in there and troll us, and we're getting all fumed. Trying to keep start- them in line. All right, <laughs> they just you know. Oh man, it gets crazy in the chat room sometimes. So you gotta. Yeah, and uh, and when I said, you know, <laughs> hey, you pick, I'm reading the, oh man, I wouldn't even say that. Um, so when you when I asked you what what topic you wanted to cover, mm-hmm. uh, we were going to do a segment on some uh, serial killers and stuff, and you immediately said H. H. Holmes, mm-hmm. and so uh, this is perfect. And I want to kind of start us off with saying, uh, 
So what got you like interested in like uh, a fanatic type way into just serial killing and murderers? <laughs> and uh, and why do you uh, find that sexually charming? Because <laughs> <laughs> right. most women do, right? Most women do. They find That's it why they listen to so many right? podcasts. I would like to just start out by saying. I was interested in. <laughs> sorry, I'm actually. I got y'all going. All right. Oh yeah, that's cool. I've never done that. So that. Um, that was weird to hear. I was. Y'all want to hear yourselves as you're speaking. Um, I was really into the dark, the macabre, the serial killer stuff before it became the the basic white girl thing. Apparently now, um, I started this trend. Okay, I was into it before anybody else was. I was the weird one who had to hide the interest before it became like. Everybody listens to that now while they drink like coffee. Like in high school when you had all these jocks like, what are you into? You're like, murderers. They're like, oh, you're not cool. <laughs> it's not just the face, mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's the the polar opposite aspect because I I feel like I'm a very empathetic person. So I feel – I understand everybody's point of view of things um, and everything like that. And I feel like I could never hurt – anybody or anything even emotionally or any kind of way so i'm interested in people that have the audacity to do so All and right. i'm just like how do you have that mindset like how can you go that far how are there actually people like that in the in well reality yeah you know and so for some reason the opposite interests me and i just want to know how you get to that point what makes you get into that mindset. And so I like to know the psychology behind it all. And um, that's, I'm really interested in psychology anyway of how the mind works. So that side of it has always interested me and it pulled me in and then it became like hugely popular. And I'm like, I, I can't let it go though. It is still an interesting. That was so two thousands. Yeah. You know? no, got, yeah. It was so, yeah. That's pretty awesome though. That's a good, uh, I'm, I'm glad you, you shared that. Cause that is, uh, I see what, like what you said about, um, like you would never do such an act. So the fact that people do that kind of stuff and don't even think about it, it's just so mind blowing. Yeah, it has to be interesting to think about that. Uh, it really is. And so, um, I don't know, it's always piqued my interest. And, hmm. um, it's, it's funny because a lot of the, um, I, I always come off as like somebody who wouldn't be interested into the dark, I guess, side of the, um, human psyche but then uh i don't know it just always interested me like i like but it's um, not only that because yeah. you're in all of our uh conspiracies and you right. know all about those and throwing your uh your your uh knowledge wealth of knowledge into it too so it's it kind of i guess it's like the same thing same dark side you know conspiracies are, are looked at as kind of dark too so i would say i mean the conspiracy is the ultimate betrayal Oh, her word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to put that on a shirt. And sell it. <laughs> I think conspiracy comes along with you put your your ultimate trust into something, you know, government yeah. or system or person, and then they take advantage of it. That's the ultimate betrayal yep. to think that people could go that far and betray that trust mm -hmm. is unfathomable. So it's always interested me. Yeah. Nice. That's incredible. Yeah, so, What's that? Yeah, I was gonna say same here. I remember I did a uh, when I was at Delta State. I did a big, huge uh, um, report my uh, saw uh, spring semester of freshman year on uh, whether ki serial killers are 
born with it or if, if it's more of a raised in their environment type thing. So um, I can bring that up later if you want. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the, the finale? What was the result? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, God. <laughs> it was like either they did or they didn't, you know, I got to read my report. report. I charge, charge for I that information. <laughs> I don't want anybody just plagiarizing it. You it know? was published. You got to buy it on Amazon. Right. Number two bestseller right now. That's it. So <laughs> what about you? H pack. we got H packs and, and uh triple H. Yeah, I'm sort of new to the HH home stuff, um, but, uh, you know, I'm aware of uh, serial killers and stuff. I haven't really, you know, it's not something that I dig too deeply into, but uh, I know when the uh, Dom, the Jeffrey Dahmer thing was big recently or last year or something. And like, uh, I, I remember hearing people say, oh my God, he's so hot or, you know, stuff like that. And it's just like, you know, are you going to get posters of him on your wall? Like there's a, there is kind of a weird obsession with, uh, or it's, it's like, it definitely is a fad now of like serial, serial killer stuff. Um, but I think, uh, I, I mean, once I'm aware of, I, I know I'm aware of Gacy and, um, who was the guy that made the skin furniture? Ed Gein. Ed Gein. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, but is you know, I had a Buffalo Bill guy. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. Tough one, yeah. I'm interested to to dive into this HH home stuff because I wasn't aware that uh, he was like considered America's first serial killer. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna get some pretty good ideas out of this, Peter. <laughs> Excited. That's why he's tuning in. <laughs> How to get away with murder? Peepholes. Yeah, Man, and back then, like, it's so creepy to think about. You could get like people got away with stuff like crazy. Anything. People would just go miss him. Everybody be like, I don't know. Yeah, but and, there was a lot of trust back then. Towns were smaller. Yeah. The world was smaller. People knew everybody. I mean, if you did something, every, the town would know. So yeah. it's kind of like you didn't do it now. It's, you know, nobody's paying attention to their neighbor. And mm-hmm. it sounds like this guy was kind of like a, a shady, shystery guy. And he was able to manipulate a bunch of people. Well, there was a show. So, uh, <laughs> you know, no, super, uh, it's like he did the whole spectrum of con work to killing to yeah I mean, yeah he brought the con work into the killing yeah well it's a pretty good show i also so i knew about hh holmes but for the show i did a lot more research and found that honestly he is known as america's first serial killer but even that along with all of his other work is almost like a myth because i mean if you and i would i'm i know okay i know a lot about this sounds really creepy of me but i i'm really into serial killers okay so that's one of my big interests conspiracy is like a side thing for me but my yeah. real things into like the death and the gore like that kind of stuff um but uh i mean there's early settlers i mean there's a the america's first woman serial killer was like from the six not 1600s like 1700s so she lured people to one of her um like highway hotels kill him bury him in the backyard and she murdered wow. several did she did she murder men or women anybody i mean anybody who came to stay she ended up murdering them for money hmm. and still still from the stuff and so i would say that he's america's first serial killer i would say he's america's first known caught tried Notable, yeah. persecuted serial killer there's others who've gotten away or stuff like that um but he's the one who i think just shocked america with it like we were in a time where we're like 
that could never happen here. Like we've got law, we've got order. And he's like, no, yeah, no, you I'm don't. Gonna, I got you. I'm going to build murder castles. And- yeah. Well, I mean, when you talk about trust, I mean, this was America that was based on the system of a handshake as good as your word. Yeah. And he took total advantage, advantage of that. So as um, you should in business. My God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Never show your hand. This is literally cutthroat. <laughs> well, Hope you want to um, want to get into uh, talk about him a little bit more. Go go through some uh, go through his life. I guess we can start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So wherever you want to start, kind of a childhood and all. All right. Roll. Um, actually, wanted to start with um, a quote from his autobiography. So if you're interested in H. H. Holmes or whatever, he actually wrote his own autobiography. Um, that's probably really interesting to read, but this is one of his, and it kind of it, it's his way of explaining a way for um, why. It is the way that he is. Um, He says, quote, I was born with the very devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. No, no more than a poet can help the inspiration to a song, nor the ambition of an intellectual man to be great. The inclination to murder came to me as naturally as the inspiration to do right comes to the majority of persons, end quote. So basically, he's trying to summarize that for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah basically, he's trying to say that murdering and all that came as natural to me as breath to everybody as else. Drinking water when you're running. Wow. You like to run, you run. You're born with it. You like to write poetry, you write poetry. Like that's just the way I am. What's I crazy is what's crazy is if you look at the very few pictures of him, he he looks normal. You know, you look at you know serial killers have a stereotype. They look like Jeffrey Dahmer. They look weird, socially awkward. You know, like this guy just looks like a normal person from from the time. Right. Yeah. This was a mugshot, so I just shared a picture. Yeah. Uh, Classic Holmes. This is a mugshot, eighteen ninety five. So he got arrested, I guess. Oh yeah. Um. You know, so uh, here's kind of yeah, but he looks like a normal dude. I right? mean, he was very normal, and even um above normal because even the way that he dressed, the way that he spoke, nobody suspected him because he was, he presented himself as like above class as upper class. Mm. So automatically he's like, there's no way it could be him. So he, he had this persona, Um, but he was born May 16th, 1861. Supposedly like that's also kind of like obscure. No one knows for sure. But around that date, um, his real name is not HH Holmes. Um, his real name is Herbert Webster Mudgett. Well, that caused it. Yep. <laughs> no wonder was that. So that's his real name. Um, he's the youngest of three to a wealthy farming family family in New Hampshire. Um, he's actually said of his upbringing, according to his own words, that it was, quote, no different from those of any other country-bred boy. And I, meaning Holmes, was well-trained by loving and religious parents, end quote. Um, according to, like, his neighbors who knew him from when he was young, he was, uh, his parents were very strict disciplinarians, that, but they said that the family was very upright citizens. Um, Holmes, as a boy, said that he was a mama's boy, which is actually one of the classic signs of a serial killer, but not one of the only ones, so... It's okay. I've got mama's boys. My boys are not going to be serial killers, but I don't think that's the only one. Okay. 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 Um, Ironically, though, um, even though he said he was a mama's boy, um, he did claim in this autobiography that after the great Chicago fire of 1871, he actually like fantasized and thought about his own parents' bodies burning to ash. 
that's more serial killer esque yeah. than being a mama's boy. A little bit. Just yeah, a little normal. Yeah, and honestly, that's when he was around ten years old. So that's not. Wow. You don't imagine your your parents' bodies burning to ash in a fire that you read about. Um, anyway, uh, he actually was born with strabismus, which is in layman's terms, being cross-eyed. Um, and people back then took his being cross-eyed as being very shady because he wouldn't look you in the eye, but he literally couldn't look you in the eye because he was cross-eyed. And so the picture that you see now is like a better picture of his being cross-eyed so you kind of see his, he's better? got a lazy eye in a black and white picture there's a lot of shadow well so he would look to you from almost like from the side so you couldn't kind of oh, notice yeah, it as yeah, much yeah. so in the first picture you saw he's kind of like at an angle but in this one he's straight forward and you see it a little bit more i mean yeah. he wasn't like so we're showing a picture of that right now right so he wasn't like just like outright whoa you're cross-eyed but he had like a drift a little he different. had a lazy eye yeah. and so back then people are like oh my god he won't look you in the eyes you can't trust him and you actually see that in a That's lot of sources. Sad. People will say he's shifty. Like what you were saying, he's shady. He's shifty. He won't look you in the eye when he says things. That's but sad. he honestly couldn't. Like that's one of the things that I oh, will wow. say. Like from what I read, like he couldn't. He was cross-eyed. He tried. He, yeah, tri he might have actually tried, but he really was shady and shifty. But he literally couldn't look you in the eye. because he. <laughs> but anyway. Wow. But I will say when you find out later on, this did not deter the ladies. They didn't seem to care about his him being cross-eyed. But anyway, hmm. no, they didn't seem to Man, care it was, at all. It was even going on back then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, into adulthood, he's, he's about 5'8", 155 pounds. He had dark hair, blue eyes. You saw Take some Andrew. pictures of him. So. Old Hunter Hearst Holmes himself. <laughs> It'd be like uh, Musk and Zuckerberg. Holmes and and H.H. Uh, Holmes. Anyways, go I'm going with I'm I'm going to Musk. Musk Great Musk will win that fight, right? I like, think so too. He's got, he's got to. I can't There's, say it. Okay. I could say yesterday. I can't say it now. He's got that. Uh, got that Lance, Lance thinks he's going Yeah, Lance, Lance thinks he's gonna uh, that that Musk is gonna bully Zuckerberg's. Uh, <laughs> bully his prostate. Bully. <laughs> Well, um, all right. Special strength. All right. Back to <laughs> Mitch Holmes. When Holmes yeah, was young and he's a young kid, another kind of sign of his that he'd be a serial killer was um, he was kind of a loner. He didn't have a lot of friends. Like, you know, back in the day, all you had was friends to go play with. You know, that old game that you just push a circle with a stick. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he didn't even, like, no, he didn't have a lot of friends. But he had one friend and his name was Tom. Um, but imaginary friend no he was real he okay. was a real guy yeah, i thought that was he was a real guy um <laughs> i saw some sources that said tom was around his age i saw some that said tom was a little bit older than him either way um there are historians who do say that both tom and i'm gonna call him mudget for now because he's going by mudget at this time and mudget. that's just a mudget, mudget. um so like mudget and tom were playing in like an abandoned house and Tom dies. Oh, wow. Yeah. He fell and died from a fall. And so a lot of people are like, could this possibly had been one of Holmes's first murders? Where like he got the taste for murder. Just right. kind of push him off that, that you know, edge or something on the second floor or something yeah, like nobody's that. Nobody's around to see it. That's and, horrible, though. Right. But there's 
but I will say there's no, like, obviously no evidence to say he did or, or didn't. But um, when he was asked, how do you feel you lost your only friend? Uh, Holmes said, quote, I'd rather be alone, end quote. God, my oh, son did, did that like two days ago. <laughs> I'd rather be alone. Well... I'm like, okay, me too, son. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of red flags. I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> Just be aware. There are flags for serial killers. Um, one of them, you know, is this one, being lonely um, and not having a lot of friends, yeah. you know, also fantasizing about your, your parents dying. Um, yeah, it's a little extreme, but but uh, and and still like years ago, it's not like it's a recent serial killer. This is, you know, over... one of America's first. Yeah, America's first. America's first. Uh-huh. Um, so suspicious death. There was actually a documentary, I believe, on uh, Netflix that also explains how when Holmes was little, there's another childhood death that is kind of correlated with him, and it's his cousin. His cousin died kind of mysteriously when he was in the area and nobody again really knows how she died. It was a very out of nowhere suspicious. And even historians today are like, could he have done that one? Like, is he doing this? But again, there's not a lot of linkage or evidence to it. It's just, it could be hindsight. Oh, he's a killer. Could he have done that one? Or was it just one of those 1800s, all kids die all the time kind of thing? Yeah, that's a good point. It's just... But it's just throwing it out there. But nobody's He's got saying two that this is what caused his uh, fixation with killing. It could have been that yeah, as well. Could have been, been that as well. So actually, leading good like segue leading into that, Holmes does have an official. This event is what piqued my interest in anatomy and death and bodies. Yeah, this uh, when I was when I was researching this, this I know what you're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like I, I couldn't imagine. Cause I used to be scared of stuff as a kid and I can imagine like having this done to me. All right. Yeah. So um, when he was little, um, there was a doc, a local doctor's office um, that had a skeleton hanging in the office and it was an like an official human skeleton. Um, and so he was scared of it. Like he didn't like it, which I mean, I would be scared of it if I knew it was like, this is a real skeleton. Mm-hmm. It's not like one of those fake plastic ones. It's real. And so um, some local bullies knew that he was scared of the skeleton. And one day they literally dragged him into this doctor's office and forced him like face to face to be with the skeleton. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. And so one, my question is where is everybody? (laughs) Like who doesn't (laughs) see this? America's first. (laughs) We're still learning about the school systems. Mm. But again, this is according to Holmes. And as you'll learn, like he was such a fabricator. He lied all the time, like all the time. So is the story true? My question uh, is, where are the adults? But this is what he says led him to being having an interest into this. So um, so the bullies put him face to face with the skeleton that's hanging in the doctor's office. And they just hold him there. And he says it's like this weird combination of he's so scared out of his mind but he becomes weirdly fascinated at the same time like he's like wow it's just like this weird connection between this isn't so bad and he has this weird he it it starts it's the catalyst for his interest in the human body and dissection and death and all the wow what what is that what is that um action when you sit in that room and you you sit there and get really it's really dark room and you start 
kind sensory of sensory deprivation. Uh, it's it's when you start really like interacting with different dimensions. We we talked about that on other episodes where you sit in that room, you look in that water, and you start. Um, oh, it's 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 drying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. something like that. Could it be kind of like he had a he had an episode or a moment? It wasn't he, like an out of body kind of like experience where he just kind of went off and like any of that. It's just he just was like he was forced to face his fears. Yeah, in like a way, Batman. in a weird way. And in, in a weird way, of, like Batman, just, <laughs> he just takes on of, the killer crusade. Instead of him just not being scared to walk by the office anymore, it turned into <laughs> what it did. So instead of a normal person who faces their fears, like, oh, roller coaster's not so bad. Yeah. I'll ride it again. Yeah. He went to murder on. everybody on the roller coaster. Yeah, like, exactly. Wow. He's like, I want to be a part of every roller coaster ever imaginable and take the roller coasters apart and really understand the in and outs of roller coasters. He exactly that and so he became weirdly obsessed with it and that's actually what made him decide i want to go to medical school like from there on out he was like i want to know everything there is to know about the human body was this incident again according to holmes um wow and i've and through the research again and i guess this is a disclaimer he was such a notorious liar it's really hard and this is what's made it so hard for historians to understand him is that he lied so much and told different versions of the same incident that it's hard to really pin down what really happened. So I've heard some and read some sources that said that he didn't dissect animals when they were alive and try to keep them alive until they died and keep parts of their body parts in boxes that that didn't happen. But I read sources that said, yeah, that totally happened. But that's a trait of a serial killer. So, af- especially Absolutely. after this incident. Um, so it's just it's. Yeah. I wondered. I've always wondered why Hunter Hearst Holmes has a skeleton in the back. I wondered if maybe they <laughs> had. And one day we're gonna see Andrew's face on the news. <laughs> <laughs> just don't start. Just don't dissect animals while they're still living. Yeah, well, he's, he's got a beer back there for him if you see. So he's he's chilling. Yeah. He's good, yeah. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he is hanging out. Podcast <laughs> and chill. Um, well, uh, Mudget, which I'm still referring to him as as Mudget because that's who he still is right now. Um, I'm gonna start calling. I'm, I'm gonna start calling Peter Mudget. You call him Mudget, like <laughs> Mudget. My name on the show right now. What's like, up, no Mudgett? wonder he changed his name. I'm sorry, Mudget. Mudgets, you're great. If we your name's Mudget, you're awesome. I'm so sorry. Damn it, son! You're a Mudget. <laughs> Get out there and show them. You know what? We're, we're teasing. Dad, I don't want to play football. H.H. Holmes, who needs to be teased. Give us on your budget. What's the quarterbacks? Well, H. Oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, at age 14 years old. All right. So, no, 14. Daddy, no. It's <laughs> really sad. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. So, okay. So, at age 14, you know, 14 year olds nowadays versus back then. Um, at age 14, Mudget actually inherited land from a grandfather who passed away. So like now he's a landowner at age 14. So he wow. thinks he's big man on campus and he proposes to a girl to marry him at age hmm. 14. Typical serial killer move. Right? He's just like, you know what? I'm a landowner. Let's get married. Let's do this. Let's start this at age 14. Um, so is this, is this, is this her? No, that's oh. not her. Okay. Right. Just that's not her. Oh, that's, we'll that we'll scared me. You know what's crazy? We'll seconds. actually get to her pretty soon, though. Okay. <laughs> not much later after this. So he becomes a landowner at age 14. Um, and the girl, 
according to sources, it's like, it's not like the girl said no. It's that the mom was like, no. So the girl didn't say no to the proposal. The mom did. So the girl probably would have married him at 14, who was also like his age. But the mom was like, no, y'all are too young. No, oh, this isn't happening. Yeah. So the mom said, you're not marrying at age 14. You're 14. Well, but but I wanted to start out with this one because I don't know how we did it. I don't know how we convinced so many girls to get with him because he this is like the start of his weird romantic life. Well, I'll show you why. It's the mustache at 14. He had this I mean, full mustache. Yeah, look at that dude. I mean, it's I don't know. For, right? <laughs> I guess. I don't strong know. Strong nose, strong jaw, nice thick mustache. The cross eyes. Yeah. That's what gets me. He's cross-eyed. But there's right. another feature of him Whoa. that okay. would have turned me off. Well, Family show. Right? But um, but anyway, so I just want to start out at 14. He's already trying to marry somebody. Okay. So, but, um, but the mom of the girl, the fiance said, that's not happening. No. So no. Um, so, <laughs> that's great. Pete Davidson. Was, oh, comments are cool. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, so he's like, oh, well that didn't work out. That sucks. So he, um, moves on with his life. He graduated high school at age 16, which really wasn't abnormal then. So he graduated at 16. He actually becomes a teacher at 18. So he's teaching, um, he's actually really intelligent, which is a sign, unfortunately, of a serial killer to be very intelligent, um, even at very early ages. Um, while he's a teacher, he falls in love with, and this is the woman that you were showing. Mm. While he's a teacher at age 18, he falls in love with Clara Lovering. And okay. um, this is her. This is Clara. Um, Clara, she comes from a very wealthy family, a very wealthy family which is actually probably the real reason why she loved, he loves her so much because you'll find he loves money more than anything oh, else in the world. Oh, yeah, okay. So what's really like, you know how all serial killers have a type? His mm -hmm. type is, oh, you have money. Really, that's pretty much. She was I mean, a, he has a type for features, but really his type is, oh, you have money. But he didn't kill her. She okay, so no, he didn't kill woman. her. She actually is uh, one of the very few survivors of anybody else who gets with him. So when you say wow. his type, he he actually found love and loving. Some people do think that he loved loved her, um, because and because she her. does survive. But there is a moment you'll see coming up later where she could have died. She escapes. But, Look at those beautiful hazel green eyes. Right. I will say <laughs> though, back in the time <laughs> back in the time period, um, she was known to the community to be very kind, very modest, very beautiful. So like her features are just gorgeous for the time she's period. Cute. Yeah, she's yeah cute I mean girl. she's gorgeous. She's very pretty. Um, mm, women who could go without makeup and get away with it, especially she, nowadays. You know, now we cake it on, but she's wearing makeup. Buzz your old girlfriend, Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so um, so he starts kind of like in our terminology, like talking to her. Like he kind of he doesn't really officially put the moves on her yet, but starts talking to her. Um, so they're at a church social event where they go to a church social party, and Mudget notices another guy talking to her. Oh, uh, serial is killer. <laughs> Say, like, getting good. He's, he's like, I'm like, not getting cooked tonight. 
<laughs> he says, oh, hell no. So he goes over to this boy, to this boy who starts talking to Clara. N nobody knows what he said to him, but apparently whatever he said to this man was enough to make him back off. Yeah, he probably never I talked to Clara again. Off. Literally. <laughs> drink the blood. I mean, like. So at a and it's at church. It's a church social, and he goes and says something to this man along the lines of, I will kill your skin. Oh, God. I'd rather killer. die than have my skin peeled. I know. <laughs> Peter's taking notes for the next time he goes to a bar. <laughs> okay, well, well stop talking about girl. Peel your okay, skin unfortunately back, for that, I'm not saying don't do this, but it worked for him because Claire was like really turned on by it. And they started immediately like courting and started the process of getting married. Wow. Okay. okay. So I guess threaten somebody <laughs> within an inch of their life and so the girl cool. will be all into it. That's a hard knock life, man. I've seen that work before. You know what? As That's a girl cool. to know that somebody will peel the skin off somebody for you is probably <laughs> really like yeah. up there. I will gouge your eyeballs. Wow, like, you'll like, peel ugh. that person's skin off she and gouge their eyes out for me? For me? <laughs> for me? <laughs> Stop. I want a man like that. Pickup lines, 2023. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But, so they hit it off, but they elope and they don't tell anybody. So now they're married. Nobody knows. A couple months later, they finally tell the families, and they are pissed. Like they're not happy about it. Neither side. Clara's family's not happy. Mudget's side is not happy. And Mudget's mom, like his own mother, said, quote, Clara couldn't have found much worse, end quote. Oh. And he's a mama's boy. And she's like, oh. you couldn't have found anybody worse to marry. And then the flip switched. I'm, I'm like sad for this guy. He's, he's like, like, you're no. not going to date that cross-eyed kid from the... <laughs> he's a loser. Go with that jock, the QB. Don't even know who he's looking at. Can't read him. <laughs> he don't see you. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, <laughs> he couldn't. Poor... No, he's a killer. Make fun of him all you want. Yeah, it's like... Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, this is the way Hollywood We're not making works. fun of all cross-eyed people. We're making fun of homes. We're everybody. doing what Hollywood does. Make the we can because he can't look like a hero. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't hear. Don't make. No. He doesn't get any kind of. I'm just gonna drink my six and see. If I was cross-eyed, I'd get an eye patch. I think that'd be really cool. People would anyway. think you're a pirate. You're gonna go to the bars with an eye patch and threaten to peel people's skins off to attract. Yeah, well, listen, buddy. I will circumcise you. I will be a moil. Uh, I will peel your skin back. <laughs> <laughs> all right, H.H. Holmes. <laughs> so, so even though Claire's family's pissed about all this, they're not happy because Holmes wasn't known to be like a really upstanding guy. Like back in the day, like little shops he'd work at would notice money would go missing here and there. And they're like, we think he took it. Um, so it kind of got around town like, hmm. But you know, they still set him up with a job. They got him a job at the um, grocery store they owned, and they made him a clerk. Um, so he worked as a grocery clerk for about a year and a half. Um, they have a son named Robert Mudget. Oh wow, okay, he is. And so this is actually what starts his line. Um, there's actually his great great grandson. I don't know his first name, but his name he goes by Mudget. So I think he descends from Clara. So they kept the name of, I guess, of Mudget. Yeah. 
Well, I guess when you go by the serial killer homes, unless you look into it like we oh, have done, true, yeah. they, nobody's going to make the connection. Anyways. But it, I yeah. guess now we have. Sorry, Mudget. <laughs> um, but Robert was his name. They had a son named Robert Mudget. Um, and then, you know, Henry Mudget, a.k.a. Holmes, becomes really bored with this. He's like, I hate being a grocery clerk, which I would do. But, you know, grocery clerks out there, love your job. You're doing great. We love it. We appreciate Keep it up. you. You were uh, essential during the whole it. crisis a couple of years oh back. Oh, my so. God. Oh, we love it. side grocery clerks. I'm talking about you know what? To clerk. each his own. Um, he decides he wants to go back to his original dream of just dead bodies. So he goes to medical school. <laughs> um, and on Clara's dime. Uh, oh, smart dude. Because he doesn't have any a lot of money. Yeah, he comes from a yeah. farming family, which they do get some money, but not the money to go to medical school. But Clara's family has the money to send her to Clara to medical school. So he goes. I'm really surprised to find out he didn't kill her. You know? I, she I think the only reason she's alive to this day and Mudget, current Mudget is alive to this day, is because she stepped up and left. So like, she what? was the one who took herself out of that situation. No, none of the others really did. Yeah. You got to recognize when a relationship is getting toxic. You know what? <laughs> learn, learn, you know, she's alive to this day. And he wasn't going to um, let that happen again. He's peeling right. people's skin back. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he does, though. He does <laughs> peel people's skin back. <laughs> There's um, more to the story yeah. than the skin being peeled back. So, <laughs> I mean, this is one of the things. Uh, he goes to medical school. Which is actually really controversial at the time, which fits for his MO. He's just very controversial because this was back, you know, late 19th century. That was a body. You don't desecrate it. But dissection, at the same time, we have to know how the body works. So it's kind of like that kind of medical revolution of to know how the body works, we have to dissect it. Mm -hmm, But people had a lot of like controversial views about it. So going to medical school wasn't like what it is today. Like, oh, yes, Johnny got in. Mudge it got in. Yes. It's something you was like, oh, you're going to medical school like for dissection. So it was very controversial because you're desecrating a body. Um, it was also the time when medical schools would like pay you for dead bodies so yep. they could learn dissection. So grave robbing was running oh, rampant. Wait, wait, wait a second. So uh if you like devoted your body to science, they would they would pay your family. Yeah, nobody was devoted. That wasn't happening. So what do you mean by that? Like pay so, you? Okay, so this is where it kind of gets into the nitty gritty. This is where grave robbers were paid to go gro- rob dead bodies from their caskets and then sell them to the medical schools. In the name of science, yes. Okay. Or people would kill people and then sell their bodies to science. Mm-hmm. And, How much they got? Can we? Do you know? Yes. I think Peter writing that down. um so So on the current market right now it's i okay so actually i have the the price for um actually articulation which i get into but articulation is where you turn a body into a skeleton this is the peeling and the ripping all that kind of stuff um to articulate a body and turn it into a skeleton um the act of it was about 35 dollars to sell it to a medical school was about 200 which in, in that time in that time wow which okay. equates to over five thousand dollars today oh, yeah. wow. so i mean they were desperate for bodies like nobody was offering their bodies up to science so this was the time where if you were a grave robber you were congratulate you were like yes give us more That's we're not gonna ask questions of where you got it from we just want them you made like 20 grand a night 
<laughs> I mean, wow, on a full moon. But this is where actually Holmes started kind of getting his networking for how to get dead bodies, mm. which All actually comes into a lot of his cons and schemes later on. So he goes to medical school, which were, and sometimes even the students had to supply, you know how students today have to supply, like you bring your books, you bring your things. They had to bring their dead bodies. So like sometimes they were responsible for their own dead bodies. They had to dissect. Wow. Yeah, it was just one of those things. So he goes to the University of Vermont Medical School. Um, and here, again, sources, like, sources vary. I've seen some where it says like he was top of his class. Like he was... Um, uh, like top student, number one, like he was amazingly brilliant. But I saw some that said like he barely made it through. He was very mediocre. And I kind of want to go along with that interpretation because it seems to go along with his personality of he does whatever he wants to do. So if I went along with he's a very mediocre student, he was mediocre because he did and he studied what he wanted to study and what he was interested in. Right. He wasn't really focusing on the coursework that the professors were giving him. Yeah. It's almost like, like we were talking, it's uh, Hey, we're going to work on dissection this semester. The next semester we're going to go over here. And he's like, no, I'm going to stick with dissection. So, you know, I'm going to get that. Yeah. yeah so like, Hey, we're going to actually work right. on like writing out what an autopsy looks like. I don't want to do that. I want to focus on this. I don't want to yeah. do that. So when he was at the University of Vermont, he was very interested in chemistry. And so all he really wanted to focus on was chemistry. Um, and he would hire tutors and he would do all this extra reading for just chemistry. So he became a, a professional, so to say, like in that. He wouldn't do any of the extra coursework the directors wanted, the professors wanted. Um, and during his time when he was in medical school, he wasn't living with Clara and the new baby, he was at a boarding house, which was very common back then. Like you don't live in dorms. You live in boarding house, houses so around the area. Clara was left with the baby. Yeah, she is raising Robert by herself. Mm. Single mom. Go, Clara. You got this, Go, girl. Clara. Go, Clara. <laughs> really pick a uh, winner. So he's going to school on her dime, not really helping at all with baby. <laughs> she's taking Nothing. And he's going to medical school. I love it. Um, and not even really dedicated to medical school, but still just doing what he wants to do. He just wants on to do her... that section. And yeah, chemistry. it's tough. Um, so <laughs> while he's at, and this is Mrs. Brew's medical uh, boarding house. He's at Mrs. Mrs. Brew's boarding house, and other medical students are staying there at the same time. So it's kind of like it's kind of like a dorm, but it's a boarding house. Okay. So she kind of cleans up after them. She cooks for them. She's like their like room mom, but it's a boarding house. It's her house. They're living out of her house, but she's cleaning up, picking after them, doing all this stuff. And he's staying there along with other medical students. Um, and she has a daughter there who's living there with her. And he's like, uh Oh, checking her out. Oh, let's pull his face again. Let's find that mustache. He's flirting with her. <laughs> he's putting moves on her and, and she's, taking it. she's digging it. And Mrs. Brew is like, Oh my, please stop. Like, no. Yeah, that guy. Oh my god. He ain't going and Mrs. nowhere. Mrs. Brew was like, please don't. But honestly, Holmes <coughs> was like telling his roommate, don't tell people I'm married. And he's like, that's weird. Oh yeah. That's okay. I'm not saying yeah, like it's weird. Okay. It's, yeah, and, and that I, I understand. I not that I understand. I you sound like you understand. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, but he wasn't a great boarding person to board. Uh, he was very aggressive. He was flirting with Mrs. Brew's daughter. Um, one time his roommate borrowed his um, mustache wax hmm. without asking, and he 
beat him with an inch of his life for doing wow. it. He was like, don't borrow my mustache wax. <laughs> I mean, look at his mustache. <laughs> um, but one time, in addition to all this, Mrs. Brew was cleaning up his room and she's like, my God, it stinks in here. Like, it smells disgusting. Um, so she's cleaned up his room and she's already freaked out being in his room because there's like test tubes and all this chemistry equipments. Um, like, you know, just chemistry stuff. Imagine like a lab with all these like dishes and I don't know chemistry. So chemistry stuff. So she's already freaked out. And so she goes in there she's like sweeping and she's like, where is this coming from? So she notices it's coming from under his bed. So she's sweeping and she's sweeping. And so she sweeps out what it is. Onions. Uh <laughs> Sorry, Peter. You know, I know that running joke because I'm a frequent commenter. <laughs> it's not. It's not onions. And Peter is hiding it's under not, the bed. Not, <laughs> 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 is well, unfortunately, it's not Peter. Uh, honestly, I wish it. I wish it had been Peter. It, it really wasn't him. Um, it was um, a dead baby. Ugh. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah baby it was there. a dead baby strapped to a board um, that was already in the decomposition process. And she's like, of course, like you, she's like, holy, what is this doing? Like, he's been sleeping on top of this. Like, that's under his bed. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, and she confronts him. She's like, what the, f what are you, what is this under your bed for? And he's like, oh, <laughs> that's oh, that? like, oh, that it's homework it's like homework yeah. I, i'm it's dissection <laughs> don't homework. worry about it it's dissection homework you wouldn't understand mrs brew you're a boarding house lady it's dissection homework it's not uh, it's not dissection homework. Uh, have you seen my mustache have you look at i mean come on i just look into my eyes oh wait you can't <laughs> it's <laughs> It's not dissection homework. Like, this... Look at my eyes and tell me you don't have that baby. <laughs> like, I see it. <laughs> you it's not dissection homework. That was not a common thing to take dead babies home to dissect. One, um, they're extremely difficult to dissect. One, because they're so small, but two, emotionally. Can you? I mean, it's just not something that was done. And so actually to this day, nobody really knows where he got this from or why. But he it passed it. as homework at the day. I mean, it, it passed him. He, he, able, for, he, he tried was, to pass it as He was it able homework. to pass it as like, it's homework. So that's why we're not really. I'll throw here. this out there. He didn't go to jail for it. His roommate was like, no, I'm leaving. I'm not going to stay in this room with that, knowing that has been in this room. His roommate was a medical student as well. I've been there before. I roomed with Peter for a little bit. <laughs> I'm just kidding, he's man. We're giving bed. you a lot of. We're giving you. We're <laughs> around he's night, he's just kidding. It was me that roomed with him. He don't. He don't smell like that. <laughs> well, um, so no, that's not normal. He tried to pass it off. It's like it's just extra work I got. It wasn't. He just somehow had it. Um, but um, so he didn't stay at University of Vermont for very long. He transferred to the University of Michigan under the, the um, excuse that University of Want wasn't meeting my expectations of what I needed. Like, they wouldn't give me enough dead babies. Yeah, it was them, it was them not him. Yeah. yeah, right. It was them, not him. So he goes to the University of Michigan, um, and where at University of Vermont, he's, he's really interested in chemistry at University of Michigan. This is where he gets really interested in dissection. So now he's like, I'm weirdly obsessed with obsession like dissection like even fellow students were like why is he so obsessed with dissection that's weird 
Um, and as of right now, yeah. he's uh, so he's uh, he's doing the medical school thing. He hasn't officially killed anybody at this time, right? There's there's babies. If out you want to go with there's those babies. supposed like childhood deaths that nobody really has, that's there's right, no that's right. there's no official on the record death. Yeah. No. Um, but he's at the University of Michigan, and so when he moves to Michigan, he takes Clara and Robert with him. Uh, and so now they're living together and they're not in a boarding house and they're living together. Um, but this is also whenever Clara and Robert move with him, that becomes physically abusive towards them. So that's getting juicy. Okay. So at this moment, he starts to abuse Clara, um, like black eyes, like all that stuff. And this is where she doesn't take much of it. And she's like, screw this. I'm leaving. I'm not staying through this. I'm not staying through this. I'm leaving. <laughs> takes herself out of the situation. Takes her money with her. The audience decides to participate. Right. <laughs> so a lot of people will say like, this is what saved her because yeah. this is like what a lot of people would consider like the escalation to like, he probably would have led to killing her, but she was like, I don't have to put up with this. And so she left with Robert. And he was my mama said you were bad from the get go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Clara leaves him, takes her money with him, but they don't divorce. She just separates, just leaves him. Um, and so he's now at University of Michigan, like on his own. And Clara and Holmes stay married throughout the duration up until his death, which is really important to remember. They okay. never divorce. Okay. They're always legally married, even though they're not together. Um, and so in Michigan, a lot of students uh, talk about how he's weirdly obsessed um, with dissection. One student said, yeah, for some reason he talked about how a professor said he could take a baby home, a second baby home to dissect. Like, That's wow. not the same one. It's a different one. So now oh, he's somehow wow. got a hold of another baby. And the student was like, don't know who gave him that baby or where he got it from. But some, for some reason, he's talking about how he had another baby he was going to dissect. Um, and they also, all the students nicknamed him after a certain smell he seemed to give off. Oh, no. It wasn't onion. Okay. okay. I was, I was, the, it wasn't. The, the Peter jokes to a minimum. I'm just, it wasn't. <laughs> but honestly, if I were him, I'd rather it be onion other than the smell they nicknamed him. What is that? Okay. Do you want to guess what smell they nicknamed him? Uh... You'd rather be an onion. I'd it's rather like, an onion. Damn, dude, you smell like dead babies. I mean, that baby, <laughs> baby breath or something like that. They nicknamed him Smegma. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you know what that is? No, I don't. Wait. Oh, that is revolting. I don't use either. I Please don't know. explain. Oh, God. Now I'm embarrassed. I'm not even ashamed. If anybody knows, I'm embarrassed that I know what this is and y'all don't. Well, you know, you, you know, well, well because it has about. to do with you. Okay. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Like it too. You. <laughs> okay. So basically, ugh. okay. So basically, Smegma is like, um, this is an R rated show. You can say whatever you need to it say. It is. Okay. So it is. Okay. Okay. So Smegma is like the smell. <laughs> you want me to Google it and read it? Is it like yes. a show? Where, uh, it has to do with that. Really? Okay. Yeah. It, okay, okay, so let's say that you are a, not circumcised. I, have a uh, I know what it is. Yeah. All right. Okay. And you know, you're not circumcised. This is like a this is a learning channel. 
you're not circumcised <laughs> and discovery. you have you know the the skin there yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you don't wash it there's some like stuff that will that'll appear you're just gonna have to elaborate i really don't <laughs> <laughs> there's just it's like this the smell that will come off of it so it's maybe okay. it's like the white you stuff you can call it, call it cheese it's it is yeah. it's like the toe jam for your penis right oh. and it's like let's get, yeah let's get this comment there we go uh, yeah, yeah there you go that's exactly what it is it's the cheese around the head of the uncircumcised penis and occurs in the first this dude sounds like a doctor who loves like, that's it. exactly what it is <laughs> the, the really smelled like the, the really weird thing is <laughs> this is not the first time we brought up circumcision on this podcast <laughs> sorry yeah, we, it's about once a show so, so but now we all know what smegma is but it's it's the penis cheese. I know that was an actual scientific word. It is. Write that down. Word for that. So, but that's what they nicknamed him because they said that's what he smelled like. So that's why I'm like, how did he attract all the ladies? He's cross-eyed and smells like smegma. How? Hmm. Well, how? maybe he didn't smell like smegma until he went to medical school and got stressed because you know it's kind of a stressful time. That sucks to like get stressed and smell like smegma. She said, so I'd, she said I'd rather smell like onions. I'd rather smell like onions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why would you want to smell my onions? Cook with onions. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, learned something today. So there's your scientific stuff for today. I'll forget everything about H.H. H. Holmes, but damn it. If you smegma. remember one thing, just remember this. Ass hat smelled like onions. Okay. Or, smegma. Uh, he smelled like smegma. <laughs> <laughs> he brought up Peter again. <laughs> he smelled like smegma. That's no what hope. his people said he smelled like. Anyway, so upon graduation. It's that mustache. Um, actually, like before smegma. graduation, he starts. Um, so I heard about this a scam that he tried to do where um, Clara left him and he had no money. Okay. So he tried to go. So he went to Chicago, which might be his first kind of indication to the Chicago. He goes to Chicago and starts like trying to sell books. Like, hey, I'm selling these books. Will you buy these books? I don't have them with me, but I'll send them to you once you buy them. And they're like, yeah, sure. We'll buy these books. And he never sends them. He just takes the money, goes to medical school. Um, there's a lot more. I mean, when you research him, there's so many more like scams that he does. This is one of them that he supposedly did where he went door to door selling books and then doesn't no ever books. deliver them. There's no books. Yeah. He's like, hey, do you want the set of encyclopedias? Not with me, but I'll send them to you once you buy them. They're like, yes, we love learning. We love the learning. Cool, cool, cool. Give me your money. I'll send them to you. He doesn't. I'm Just surprised takes that doesn't happen more today. That seems like a very... That makes me madder than all the murdering, really. <laughs> uh, but that's, I mean, he's got to make his way through medical school somehow, right? Right. I mean, it's kind of an honest day's work, if you think about it. His like, David, I want my encyclopedias. Um, so he goes to, comes to graduation, um, and I saw some sources again that said he was like number one, top of his class. And I saw some that were like, he barely made it. So there's, I want to go with the story that he barely made it. Not based off grades and not based off intelligence, but based off character. So they almost didn't let him graduate because um, he was in a fling with another boarding house lady canoodling. Yes. So he goes to another boarding house and he actually canoodles his family. Is that a word? It sure is. Like, ooh, what's that scent you're wearing? (laughs) (laughs) 
she's like 60 percent of she the time it works every time <laughs> some wine with that. <laughs> but it worked so um he's, he's still married to clara but he starts canoodling with the boarding house lady um her name was mrs fitch uh, and um huh. she's a widow and he starts you know doing the nasty with her and he actually starts to um promise her that he will marry her i yeah, sure. We'll get married. I totally promise. Like, Take yeah, off your like clothes. Like promise ring. You but think? there's no ring. Yeah, but there's no ring. <laughs> of course, she signed yeah. up for it. And so um, she's like, cool, cool, cool. Seven days. A fortnight. Yeah. So here's my $7. But again, it's back in the day where your word was as good as your word. Like that's yeah. was solid as gold. Yeah, so when he says it, she believes it. And so he says, yeah, sure. I'll marry you. Cool, cool, cool. But of course he doesn't. And then she catches being the boarding house lady catches letters to uh, his actual wife where he's still writing to Clara. And she's like, Oh hell no. So she goes to the medical school board where he's going to school. And he's like, she says he made a breach of promise with me, which is understood back then that he told me he would marry me. And he's not, he's, he's already married. Like this is bullshit. And so they're like, well, we're not going to let you graduate. So it wasn't even based off grades. It was based off this incident that he had a breach of promise. And so they're like, well, you're not going to graduate and you're creepy. Like nobody likes you. (laughs) (laughs) The old, I'll leave my wife in. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, And so uh, the medical school's like, perfect. Like we don't like him anyway. He's a mediocre student. Like we're not going to let him. One professor stood up for him. I was like, no, 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 no. This has to be some mistake. He's a good guy. No, let him graduate. He's almost there. So Based off this one professor's word, they let him graduate. And then on graduation day, he's like shaking the professor's hand like, hey, instead of saying thank you for talking so well about me, he's like, yeah, that was true. I did promise to marry her and I didn't. I totally boned her. And then like I made her think I was going to. It's totally true about me. <laughs> and that he's one like, guy stood up for the serial killer. Yeah. He's like, I put my name out there for you and said you didn't do this. He's like, no, I did. And I, and I stole from you. So bye. And I'm going to steal your wife. Yeah. And he, he like, he literally did. He stole from this guy. Apparently like went into his house, like stole from him and everything. And this was the one guy who stole, stood up for him to let him graduate. So that's kind of the, the thing is, is, uh, and there's nothing he could do about it. Cause it's graduation day. These crazies look out for people that are trying to help them and they completely destroy their life Yeah, because that's what they're programmed to do. They've been, uh, that's just what they're programmed to do. Right. I mean, that's that's kind of the theme I'm seeing here. It's like anybody that's going to help a serial killer, like the serial killer is going to come after him for some right. crazy reason. So uh, after graduation, he does his very first scam trying to sell vaccines to, for smallpox. Oh, pox. I love that. Yeah, we talked there about we that. that was What's up with these vaccine salesmen, man? <sighs> Can't trust them. I know. They come to your door every day. It's crazy. Um, he um claimed he was he, so he basically bought you gotta tell that story yeah he basically bought a bunch of vaccines like in bulk and then um he was going to go around and sell them like Brought i got vaccines well the smallpox was going on around back then and like in, in new york he's in new york now um he's selling vaccines but it's not as lucrative as he would wish and so he's like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna make them think it's mandated so he does. He pretends he's a part of the medical, like government man- mandated, like medical board. Um, and he's like, you're required to take this vaccine. You don't have a choice. And here I am to sell it to you, even though it's mandated and administer it. So all nobody asks questions. They're like, oh, OK, go ahead. So yeah. he sells and vaccinates people and makes a lot of money off of it. 
and not make much, them think like it's mandated and it's yeah. it wasn't not much has changed in 130 something years wow. it's just on a global scale now yeah. Dude, that's uh that's incredible like somebody pulls up in the trunk on uh bill street or bourbon street and opens up the trunk and they're like vaccines come get your vaccines i mean he, yeah it was like a door to door i mean instead of like with the books now it's vaccines and he's like well this is working out for me the book scam worked out for me the vaccine thing's working out for me the scamming thing's kind of the way to go and i'm good at it he was good at it um so he starts thinking of another scam and he's like you know what i got another one so he actually calls up some buddies of his from college and he's like hey Y'all want to go in, in with me on life insurance fraud and fake and get some like life insurance money? And they're like, yeah. So somehow he found some people who were just like him. Um, and so uh, at this time, him, and these two other college buddies, they go in on some life insurance uh, scams and like, we're going to fake a death. You're going to say <laughs> that um, you're going to say that you murdered your family, dismembered them and pickled them. And then write a suicide letter and then kill yourself. And then we'll get life insurances on the family and you mm. and make this huge profit. Um, and back in the day, life insurances, I mean, I guess it's the same today. Like they have to see the body. And so they're like, you go get this body, you go get this body, which they knew how to do through medical school. And we'll do this. Holmes was apparently able to get two bodies on his <laughs> end. He got two bodies. Double shoulder in it. <laughs> <laughs> got two bodies um but nobody else apparently could get bodies and after a little more research holmes learned how intricate they or how um detailed they get making sure that these are the bodies they are like they really get into you can't just say you he, pickled did, he people. didn't know about the insurance company is but or the, how the far they would go right into making sure like is there a mole there is there a hair there like how detailed they get and so he's like oh these bodies aren't exactly like his family i'm gonna back out so yeah this one's chinese and there this is this this isn't gonna work <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and so um so it wasn't gonna work out but um but now he has two bodies yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you, still, you still have that on your So now he's got like, I got these bodies. So he conveniently just buries them in um, where he now lives in Chicago, in the suburbs of Chicago, buries them in his basement, gets rid of them. Hmm. But innocent enough. Again, conveniently, this explains <laughs> away why he randomly has two buried bodies in his basement. I got them through legitimate means. He's such a liar that he would come up with these complex lies and convoluted stories that people don't even to this day know what's truth and what's not. So yeah. he says this is what he did to get these bodies and why they're in his basement. Either it's true or these are two more victims of his. So, just in his so, basement. so you're saying it came in, it was like they find the bodies. He's like, Oh, I had this plan to yeah. commit insurance fraud. So I got these bodies and I decided to be a saint and not do the insurance fraud. Yeah. So that, that explains the body. It's like two things. Insurance fraud doesn't seem so bad compared to, I didn't murder these people. Right. So, you know, I kind of disposed of them because I didn't do the insurance fraud deal. But yeah. it was that excuse of why you got the bodies. So the insurance fraud could have been a whole front just mm -hmm. to cover the bodies. Exactly. Huh. Okay. He's got two dead bodies in his, his basement. I got to start thinking differently. Yeah, he's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm floored with how he kept up with it all. 
Because this is just one example of how it's like Catch Me gets. If You Can, the movie, but like with dead bodies instead with, of chicks. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. But this is also where he like ends up in Chicago. He's in the suburbs of Chicago at this point, and this is where his reign of terror just like really begins. So now he's in Chicago. It's 1886, and honestly, this is like he couldn't have come at a more perfect time period because. Chicago in 1886 uh, was, Chicago was booming. It's after the great Chicago fire of um, 1871. They're on the tail end of reconstruction. It's a time of rebirth, if you will. Um, And economy's booming, population's booming, industry, everything's happening in Chicago. Um, And it's the preparing for the night for the 1893 world fair, Mm. which was also known as the world's Columbian exposition which was uh, Columbus's 400th anniversary of finding America. Look at that architecture. Those buildings. Yeah. This was the actual 1893 World Fair. Just to give you an, an idea, 27 million tickets were sold to go to this fair. Yeah. Oh. There were only 55 million people in America at the time. Wow. So wow. that's over half of America coming to Chicago. In 1893. So what did they? Uh, I don't want to get on tangent because we're already in an hour. But mm-hmm. what did they do at World Fairs? What was the what was the point of? They were revealing things and they're having you know sales and so rides. It was, it, it was it was like a Silicon Valley like Apple product comes out and they do this thing that like, exactly but on a global scale. yeah. So they previously, technology. Uh, okay. Right. Or cotton gin. So the previous fair was in France in Paris and they revealed the Eiffel Tower at the World Fair. Okay. Yeah, it was huge. So it's like, whoa, the Eiffel Tower. So in in eighteen ninety three, America's like, why did they stop doing those? You know, I think it's the Columbus of it all. Where now it's like, you know, no, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They don't have like I would go to the World Fair and Metallica playing in the back. And they don't have World Fairs anymore. But in eighteen ninety three. Um, America chose Chicago. There were other places in, um, you know, thrown out there, but Chicago was chosen. Um, and Chicago, Chicago's like, yes, this is our comeback after the fire. Like, this is it for us. Um, at the fair, again, over half of America is there. It's a huge, enormous undertaking. Like, they build buildings just for the World mm-hmm. Fair. Like, building is going up like, like crazy. I mean, it's yes, huge. Yes, now it's the Olympics, basically. So, in this photo that you see, this is actually where they uh, built, excuse me, electricity just into the city just for oh, the World Fair. This okay. was actually Tesla's doing. Right. He was yeah. trying to rival Edison at the time. Did I get goosebumps right. every time his name is mentioned? In and, right. You know who pressed the button to light everything up? Grover Cleveland. Really? Wow. Who this, the uh, Cleveland, the town uh, is named after. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Um, so you did your research that. for the show? Good job. Look at you. Yeah. Well, yeah, electric man. lights are so they're installed everybody by Tesla. He's trying to rival Edison. So this was huge. So you know, yeah, sun that, goes down, lights come on. Right. AC Everybody's, current. You right. see like Tesla like floating across the pond. You might as well. <laughs> I mean, at that point. Just like um, so at this fair, just to give you an idea, like how grand it was, juicy fruit gum was introduced okay. for the first time. Cracker wow. Jacks was introduced. Moving pictures were seen. The zipper 
was introduced. Oh, that is. What's the zipper? Oh, the actual zipper. The zipper. Yeah, okay, okay. Was introduced. <laughs> uh, ragtime music was introduced here, and it was like really um, played all throughout. Um, Imagine hats. seeing that stuff for the first time. I mean, for like us, moving pictures stuff. Like, I didn't even know right. what the zipper was. I thought it was referring to something else. You know, the instead of zipper. buttons, oh my God. A zipper. Wow. There you go. Um, Pap's beer won the blue ribbon, which wow. is still on the can to this day. Oh, cool. Damn. Right. There. Cool this, stuff. this would be yes. one thing I would want to view with the coronavisor. Yeah. That would be cool. <laughs> that would right. be cool. That would exactly. Be cool. Like this. I didn't realize how big of a thing it was until I started like researching stuff for this. I mean, I knew that was going on, but I didn't know like how big of an event it was. Um, we and need so, to bring them back. We need to bring world fairs back. Right. Um, yeah. And so Paris introduced the Eiffel Tower, but Chicago introduced the Ferris wheel. Like that was our big thing was the Ferris wheel. Um, and it was invented by George Washington Gale Ferris Jr., and so he was like, we got to do something like we, we don't want to just look at a tower. We want to ride it. Did the so screaming Eagle, it, you know, the ride, the screaming Eagle. I wonder if that came out like in the world. Fair. I'm sure it was at the next world fair. Yeah. Yeah. Screaming Eagle. Screaming Eagle. That might be a Memphis thing. Um, but at the same time, even though all these cool things were happening, all these bad things were happening at the same time. So because it was like booming so like exponentially law enforcement, code enforcers, things like that couldn't keep up. So mafia was coming in because the law oh, couldn't yeah. keep up. Like it was known to become a very dangerous city because you could get away with anything. And this is where Holmes decided to settle down. And so um, companies also at the same time were giving out loans willy nilly. They're like, hey, you want a loan to build something? Cool. Go ahead. It's for the World Fair. We want to come out as a huge city. So take the loan. Go ahead. We don't care. Um, credit was such a new thing. So people mm. were still getting the grasp of it. So like, cool, take it. You'll pay us back. Trust. Your word is good. Your word is good. Your word is good. Crumbs was like, sure, I'll pay it back. Um, and so women at the time, feminism, they're coming in. They want to work for themselves. They're independent women. They're coming to the city for jobs by themselves. And so it was just, it was the perfect time for him. In 1886, he comes to Chicago. He finds a job at a pharmacy across the street from a vacant lot. A CBS. Right. He goes in. There's an old lady behind the counter. She's like, oh, woe is me. My husband's sick upstairs. I'm running this place by myself. I'm just so, you know, he's like, I can totally help you. I know a lot about pharmaceuticals. She's like, great. Thanks. Her husband dies very shortly after this. But again, there's no evidence that he had anything to do with it. Um, and so it's just her and Holmes. And he says, you know what, old lady? I'll buy this pharmacy from you and run it myself. Take it off your shoulders. You don't have anything to worry about. She says, oh, thank you so much, Sonny. Uh, here you go. You can pay me in payments. Your word is good. He's like, yeah, <laughs> totally is. Um, he doesn't pay her. So she starts, I need my money. She files suit against him. Where am I, money? And then all of a sudden, you know what? She's not around anymore. Ooh. Oh, and she kind of disappears and customers are like hey where'd old lady go and he's like she went to California she wanted to go to California she's in California visiting California yeah pulled a Don Draper Everybody so several weeks later there she's still not around and uh, they're like hey she's still in California yeah you know what she loved it she decided to stay there she's not coming back 
there's still no evidence that anything happened, but she's gone. And he now has the pharmacy to himself. Mm. And he basically piles on debt after debt after debt. But he does meet a woman named Murda Beltnap. Murda. Um, Murda. And uh, they start flirting, start having an affair. And um, Dude, she's, she's, a, she's a looker. By the picture, you can tell. <laughs> great, great uh, picture. Uh, another yeah. handsome woman. <laughs> <laughs> you he likes a lot of handsome women, I will say. Yeah, he is completely. He um he marries her. Okay. Who wouldn't? But he's still married to Clara. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. You said don't forget that. Don't forget he's still married to Clara, but he also marries Myrta. Um, and he actually tries to divorce Clara on the grounds that she's cheating on him. Okay. Even though he's married to another woman. And so this man that he claims that she's cheating on him with doesn't exist. And he drops it and they never divorce. But he does try to divorce her. But it doesn't work. I don't think only serial killers do this. Mm. They get married. Um, she has a baby named Lucy. And then they go to live with Murda's parents. They don't live or they're not around, really mm -hmm. around him. He kind of sends her off because she kind of gets in the way of some other ladies and he doesn't like that. Wives, I guess, do that. This guy. This guy. Um, in, <laughs> I mean, in and 1880. Stinks. <laughs> I mean, and he stinks. But that's what I don't get. How do you smell like smegma and have cross-eyed but get all these girls? Maybe what all the guys smell like smegma. What are the yeah. men like back then? They're probably hard workers with the women sit at home and nick, you know, little, little gloves. I don't I mean, know. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, in 1888, he purchases this vacant lot across the street. Um, and this would actually become the site of his murder castle. Um, to finance this castle, he takes out a loan that, again, they were given out like, have yeah, a loan. Yeah, yeah, let me feel your pulse. Here's sure, sure, sure. This is for the World Fair. Have a loan. He buys it under the name of H.S. Campbell. So he starts using a lot of aliases. Um, and he actually murdered a friend from college and got life insurance money to also help him with this. Did we just pass that? or He or? confesses to this. He actually confesses to about 27 murders. This is the first one he says that he officially did. It was wow. probably one of his friends that he said, hey, you want to commit it is. fraud? Oh, this dude. It is. Oh, my so God. poetically, he, um, he contacts one of his friends and says, hey, you want to do insurance fraud? And he's like, yeah, let's do this. So he lures his friend to come to Chicago overdoses him with laudanum and then takes the body back to Peter. Have you ever his done laudanum? Home. I've never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> takes the body back to his own home to make it look like an accident and then collects the money. So this guy's like, Hey, you want to do insurance fraud? Remember the whole body scenario yeah. the story with the bodies. And he had to cover up for the bodies because he didn't go through with the fraud, but he did go through with the fraud because he killed his buddy and who volunteered you'll to help be the dead body. Insurance fraud. Woo! Yeah. And then got his money. So, yeah. So, yeah. And to get more money, he decides he's going to sell his pharmacy. He's like, I'm going to sell this pharmacy because I totally mounted up a lot of debt. I don't plan to pay back. Um, and so he finds a potential seller. He comes in. He's like, wow, this is a great pharmacy. This is a great place. A lot of customers are here who Holmes actually says, yeah, I paid them to be there. Yeah, cook the books a little bit. They're not really a lot of customers. It really wasn't getting a whole lot of yeah, customers. yeah. So I'm gonna pay you to look like you're a customer. So it's like, yeah, sure, I'll buy it. Let me go home, get my family, and we'll move back here. Here's the money. 
thank you so much. He's like, <laughs> while the dude's gone, he takes out all the furniture, all the fixtures, and takes them to his new pharmacy that he's built across the street. <laughs> across the street. <laughs> across the street, which was another selling point. He's like, there's no competition for you. There's like, there's the only yeah, yeah, pharmacy yeah. in town. Not like, bam, competition. Bam. <laughs> so dude comes back with his family. It's an empty pharmacy with no fixtures, no furniture. And there's a grand opening of a home's pharmacy across the street. Have wow. more American laws come from this guy. Yeah. Um, and so now he's got the dead friend insurance policy money. He's got the pharmacy he just sold money. And he's got credit he doesn't plan to pay back money to build the murder castle. And this is before his murders. Is this, this is before, before what he's start- even known yeah. for. That's why we wanted to do a two-part on this. Yeah. Because all this, to go into the fact that uh, most people don't know about everything we just went over. It's usually the second part, which we're about to about to go over. And uh, and that's just... You yeah. and, I love the twist and, of the insurance. And honestly, I'm breezing through it. There's so much that goes into it. And I'm skipping over so much of it to kind of give you like the surface level of like what he's doing. Yeah, because I, I before I did did research and stuff, I didn't really know about all this previous stuff. Of course, you know about you know the later part, the uh, the part two we're gonna do. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is some crazy so, background stuff. It's yeah. like he was a serial killer, but it's almost like it was a side job. He really was a con man. He just well, he was he was people. learning how to yeah create the trade or perfect the trade of getting away with things before he started murdering. It's like he went, he was murdering, but he was really working on co- like how to how to how, he was learning how to lie. Yeah, he was learning and get how away to lie with it and get away with it before mm-hmm. he really started getting to what he was into, which is uh murdering. So are we at the point? We're we're at the murder castle now. I know that's probably what y'all all been waiting for. Is like we're at the murder castle now. So um, it's 1889. The World Fair's at ni- 1893. So he's got a couple years to get this done. Um, construction starts in 1889. Um, and it's mostly completed by 1891. Okay. Um, the building itself took up an entire block. It was three stories and it was three miles, three to four miles down the road from the actual world fair. So it was perfect location for anybody who wanted to stay there during the world fair. Um, which is actually, if you want to pull it up, um, it's slide eight. I got a I picture forgot what of I was it. doing. I know you're so into the story. Like, this is it. This is the, um, he's about to show you here. So this is the murder castle itself. So it's not like a castle. It's like a, ho- it's really a hotel. He just so called I'd, it a castle. I'd heard a story with him on this kind of pulled a Trump a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would hire people to do, cause he didn't want anybody to know about the plans right. or how he was building it. So he would hire like somebody a craftsman to, to do like half the stairway right the staircase right and then he would fire them and and and, and just not pay them and and throw them to the side probably i don't know if he killed them but throw them to the side and then he would hire somebody else to finish it off so nobody knew the complete plan if you think about it in the time period he had his uh pick of the litter of people to come work for him because everybody's World coming. Fair. Yeah, yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. coming because oh, the construction's right. booming. So That's a lot of people were going to Chicago Perfect to time. find work. So exactly that he'd claim, "Oh, you did a sucky job on this. You're fired." Yeah, I'm gonna hire somebody else. So it was pitch milled basically. Like um, everybody was like just doing bits and pieces of it. He designed the architecture himself. Like somebody did not design this for him. He made the blueprints. He would hire people to do like this section, this section, this section, this section. 
There's no code enforcer coming in to make sure it's up to code because they're so far behind. Y'all check out this picture. This is, is this it? Yeah. Bird this is it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. So it's, that's this actual address is 701 West 63rd Street. Do we know, and I'm going to go ahead and ask for the second, cause we're going to go in this. Do we know how many people were actually killed in that building? No. Would it be hundreds? That's Some, the, that's the yeah. myth. Some people claim it's up to 200. So just to get yeah. an idea of what we're getting into for the second episode for anybody listening. So uh, stay with us because like that building was built for murder. Right. And it was like, and I like to think of it as like the Saw movies. I mean, you remember the Saw movies? It's like, I didn't watch them. Like, put your hand in this capsule. Well, you can't pull it out. You know, it razors. That was, that was I think that, about that. Like that kind of shit. So I didn't watch the movies, but I think about that. You watched the movies? Was that oh, one man, of the, the That was in one of the previews. But I think about that. My kids have one of those little tops where they can reach their hand in, but they oh, can't. God. Yeah, yeah. But they can't get the food out. And I think about that. Every well, my daughter's crying. Day. She can't get her hand out. I'm like, oh, God, I feel bad. But what's weird is it's that I'm interested right. in this stuff, but I don't want to see it in action. I don't like to watch movies. Yeah, like I, can't, I can't watch anything with blood. I, I get Which a little, is weird. It's uh, a huge, I, yeah. I'm a walking contradiction. We talked about, uh, on our last episode real quick, we, we talked about uh, the last movie that made you cry. Which one was it? Every one of them I watch now. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire makes me that, cry. That was now. you, Mrs. Doubtfire. That was Doubtfire. me. Yeah, you're okay. Okay, right. I've watched it a thousand times, but now I can't get past the first 10 minutes when she says, I want a divorce, and he gets sad. I that was sad. You're right. I bawled before I didn't phase me. Now I'm like, H Pack, you said you kind of cried during that, didn't you? I mean, there were parts in it that were sad. Uh, I don't think I cried though. Okay. It was sad. I, Mr. Macho over here. I cried at Encanto. I cried at Ryan the Last Dragon. I cried at all of them now. You do cry at everything. I used to never cry. Disney movie. Now I have to watch it by myself first and then watch it with my kids. Hunter, what do you think about all this, man? Well, um, if y'all watched American Horror Stories, the hotel season it was based it was based on right. based on this. Mm. Um, so, mm. getting into that, actually, I'll get into some of the features. Um, the first floor is businesses. Well, do we do we want, do we want to uh, do the features in the second episode? Oh, it's it's up to y'all because I um I just I wanted to make sure we're still on the first the first part. Well, we're at an hour twenty. We and this this it. is going to be edited the out. Next episode. So we're at the building. We talked yeah, about the that. employees. As, are we going to go into the second episode with it, it's being built? Right. Sure. Okay. I can make y'all okay. wait so cliffhanger. Take a quick two minutes. Yep. Yeah. If y'all are if y'all are on Twitch with us right now, stay tuned. We're just going to take a very very quick break. We're going to go into part two on this. If you're listening on the podcast, um, stay tuned. This will drop um, probably a week or so later as a part two. And we're going to go into some more stuff, uh, more of the murder and, and, and the more gory stuff about this. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off on this episode. But again, if you're on Twitch with us right now, stay tuned. Room 2008 is out. Mm -hmm.